right. Acts chapter 9. Uh, Acts chapter 9 tonight in your Bibles, if you'll find that with you. And Acts chapter 9, we'll continue our series uh, that I started this summer on the evening services I preach on the scatterers. And uh, I've enjoyed uh, going through this. I've enjoyed hearing various staff members uh, preach. And of course, next week you'll be able to hear uh, Dr. Rick Adams preach as well as he challenges us in the area of missions and a thankful uh, how God can use so many different people uh, to be a help and minister to us. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 36. I want to preach on Dorcas tonight. Of course, Tabitha, or two names, Tabitha by interpretation, Dorcas, and Dorcas the dedicated doer. Dorcas the dedicated doer. And don't know which name she went by more often, uh, Dorcas or Tabitha. Uh, maybe she wanted to go with Tabitha, I don't know. Uh, but Dorcas is uh, the interpretation in Acts 9, verse 36. And once you have found it, if you could uh, stand to your feet uh, tonight for the reading of God's Word. And uh, we'll get right into uh, the message tonight and try to get you out in a good time here. Acts 9 and verse 36, the Bible says, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and almsdeeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them when he was come, and they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. And where we get the scatters in this particular passage is verse number 42. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And Joppa, because of this wonderful, faithful woman, Many people turn to the Lord, and so let's pray. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. It certainly is good to be in your house tonight. Uh, Thank you for your dear people and their faithfulness. Lord, the guests you brought our way. Uh, Lord, the faithful people who, Lord, have worked hard all week, and Lord, many of them were very busy on Saturday, but yet they made time to come this morning and then this evening, and many of them are involved in the choir and the orchestra and Lord, preparing lessons and loving on children and teenagers and adults and ministering to people. And it's been a very busy day for many. And thank you that they'll come and, Lord, listen to your word once again being preached and taught. Thank you for their faithfulness. May you reward them for it. Lord, I pray that you'll give each one of us, Lord, something tonight that will help us this week, that will challenge us, that will encourage us, that will strengthen us for the work you have for us to do. Be with those serving on the children and the nursery. And Lord, all that you have for us this coming week. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
Uh, Years ago, a man went to his lawyer and told him, my neighbor owes me $500 and he won't pay up. What should I do? Well, the lawyer said, do you have any proof that he owes you money? Nope, replied the man. Okay, then write him a letter asking him for the $5,000 he owes you, said the lawyer. The man looked at him and said, $5,000, but it's only $500. Precisely. That's what he will reply with, and then you'll have your proof. And so tonight we see a young lady who was able to be restored to life again, and someone who had done many good works, as we'll see tonight, and God used her in a great way. And then God used her death to bring many people to Christ, but also gave her another chance at life once again. And we know that God sometimes does some interesting things. I don't know if I would like God to do that for me, me die and then bring many people to Christ and then raise again. Uh, But this is what he particularly did in this lady's case. And we see the story is based in Joppa. Joppa is one of the oldest cities in the world. And it is mentioned several times in the Old and New Testaments. It's located 30 to 40 miles northwest of Jerusalem And Joppa perches on a high cliff overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. And it's a major port city for Jerusalem. And what's interesting about Joppa being on this cliff, we'll see later, it was a very uh, dangerous place uh, for those that lived there. And we see it had a low ledge of rocks hanging out over the sea, and it really formed a small harbor. It was Mentioned in the Old Testament as the timber came from Joppa for Solomon's temple, the forest of Lebanon. It was also the port which timber came for the rebuilding of God's temple, authorized by King Cyrus of Persia and overseen by Ezra and Zerubbabel. It was also the city which Jonah fled after the Lord told him to go to Nineveh. So Joppa is alluded to several times in the Old Testament. But also in the New Testament, we see it's the home of Simon the Tanner. Peter dwells there as he ministers to the believers in Joppa, of course, in this passage. But it's also the home of Tabitha, which is also called Dorcas, who Peter raised from the dead. And then the Roman centurion Cornelius sent a delegation to find Peter, and they found him in Joppa. So we see Joppa used many times, but also we see this woman who has done many good deeds. And as I titled the message, The Dedicated a Doer. Grace Snyder was born in 1885 and grew up on a lonely prairie in Nebraska. Uh, she lived in a sod house. Get this, young people that are looking for homes. It cost $12 for her to build. Won't that be a blessing today, right? And water was scarce, and so they used their Saturday night bath water to water the flowers. There wasn't much to do, and so she took up quilting and became very good at it. She accepted Christ as her Savior. She got baptized in a pond that they had cleared ice away, the story goes. She became a teacher, she married a cowboy, and she was always quilting. This quilt featured in leading quilt magazines, and they were flown to quilt fairs all over the country. A museum in Lincoln, Nebraska has a Grace Snyder room where her handiwork is on display. Not only was she very creative in her skill, but she also was a blessing to many through her quilts. And we see tonight a woman who's multi-talented, but she was just a simple, loving woman who used the gift she had 
to be a blessing to people. So let's look at three things tonight from the life of Dorcas or Tabitha that I believe we can focus on tonight. Number one, if you're writing, I don't have any outlines for you, but if you want to write the good works of her life, the good works of her life. The Bible says this woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. She was the disciple, the Bible says in in verse number 36, she was a disciple, which means learner. And someone said, women who learn the Bible, women who live the Bible, and women who teach the Bible to their children will stand among the elite women of all the ages. Aren't you thankful today? For me, I had a mother that loved God's word. She learned God's word and she taught God's word. I'm thankful today for a mother who loved me enough to invest in me. And if you had a mother that did that for you, may you be forever grateful. Maybe you're a young mother tonight. May you also do the same thing for your children and for others. She was a visionary. She is described in the Bible as one full of good words and alms deeds. She she saw the needs around her and endeavored to alleviate those needs. She did not pass by the other side, as we saw in Scripture. She did not turn away from the needs around her. She did what she could to help those in need. And I want to see two ways that she did this, first of all tonight, through her charity. Through her charity. The famous Bible expositor Arthur Pink said, This expression, good works, is found in the New Testament no less than 30 times. Yet from the rarity which many preachers use, emphasize and enlarge upon, many of the hearers would conclude that these words occur but once or twice in all the Bible. And though we are not saved by good works, we're saved by grace through faith. But may I say we're saved to do good works. We're saved to serve. And I'm thankful that as a son of God, I didn't have to do anything but accept Christ. But I'm also thankful that God allows me to serve him and to serve others. And she was always doing good deeds, all the time. Reminds me about the man who went down to a 24-hour grocery store. When he got there, the guy, he was, the guy, the owner was locking the front door. The man said, hey, the sign says you're open 24 hours. Yes, the store owner said, but not 24 hours in a row. And so tonight we see a woman who was busy about doing her father's business. She was willing to do good works, not so she could get to heaven one day, but she was doing it because she had a love for the Lord and others. We see through her charity, but also through her contributions. The Bible says in verse 39, And all the widows stood by him weeping. Who were these widows? Well, these widows were weeping, but they were also showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made. Why were there so many widows here? As I saw this, I thought about that, and I dug, and guess what? There was an answer. One commentary says, Joppa was a seaport from which many sailors left never to return. Because of the cliffs and because of all the rocks and the small harbor around there, many ships would go down in storms or be dashed to pieces on the rocks. Therefore, this city was full of widows, full of people who needed someone to assist them. And we understand that in Bible times, there wasn't much care, much help for the widows. But Dorcas loved to serve them. Even though the need was endless, she never lost that desire to help people. 
There's a story about a woman named Henrietta Fowler. She lost her husband and child to death in Switzerland. So she decided to leave Switzerland and go to Canada to be a missionary. Instead of being frustrated and upset at God and bitter, she decided to serve others. When she got there, she was robbed and persecuted and suffered greatly. But she still persisted in love and serving these dear people. The story goes on. She started a school in 1836. A Baptist pastor in Montreal helped her raise funds for a building. The story goes on that this dear lady was able to minister to over 300 people. And its graduates have gone into all the world as missionaries. All because a woman did not lose her compassion. Folks, may I encourage you tonight that in the times and struggles of life, we can be robbed of our joy sometimes. But may we never lose a compassion for others. As Dorcas here shows us, James 1.27, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Uh, Two different ladies today in our starting point class both mentioned that they were widows. And may I say our church has many widows, many people who are hurting and need help, and may we love on them, may we care for them, may we be there for them. James 2.14, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. May we be a church that has compassion. You say, why do we have pumpkin Sundays? And why do we have tailgate Sundays? And why are we going to have a trunk or treat? You know several thousand people are going to come and they're not going to clean up the facilities afterwards. In fact, there are probably more candy trash wrappers than, 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 than the whole year on our property that day. Why do we do things like that? Compassion. We love the lost. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to not just tell them. We want to show the love of Jesus. One thing I learned from Brother Mutcher through the years was, how much candy should we get? Eh, let's do this much. And he'd always say, no, do double. Do double? Why? we want them to know that we love them. And I want to encourage you tonight to never lose your compassion. And we see Dorcas here was willing to love on these dear widows who lost their husbands at sea. It was not an easy thing for them. They were struggling and maybe she had lost hers too. We do not know. But we do know one thing. She showed compassion. And when she passed, lady after lady came up and says, here, look what Dorcas has done for us. And not just did she say she loved them, she demonstrated her love for them. And so we see, first of all, the good works of her life. But second of all, I want us to see briefly the grim waste of her death. The grim waste of her death. In verse number 37, she was sick, the Bible says, and died. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. We see the disorder. She was sick. We see her death. The Bible says when they had washed, they prepared her for her burial. And then we see her dismissal. They laid her in an upper chamber. Here is a woman who had helped so many and served so many. and She did not deserve to die. Why did that happen? 
I'm sure many of those ladies that came by and saw her was weeping and saying, why Dorcas? And she wasn't old enough to die. Why would this happen? Of course, that happens to every single one of us when something happens we were not prepared for. But what do we see? We know God had a greater plan. Many of you know the story of Jim Elliott and Nate Saint. In September of 1955, Nate Saint was joined by his teammates, Jim Elliott, Ed McCauley, Pete Fleming, and Roger Uderin. Saint finally found a, a Huanary settlement while searching by air. To reach the tribe, Saint and the team lowered gifts to the tribe in a bucket tied to the plane. The people there were wildly feared by other Ecuadorians because they combined desire to be left alone with the willingness to use force. They attacked and killed any intruders. Nevertheless, the tribe was excited about the presence. Finally, the missionaries decided to try to meet the tribe on the ground. And they used that beach as a landing ship. Strip, set up camp. And on that Sunday, they get up to have church. But that entire team was killed on the beach. Why in the world? Why would, that, why would God allow that? Well, we'll see later tonight. But we see here Dorcas is dead. But what's interesting to me was she was not done with her task. I thank God for people who live their life for a legacy. Even after they're dead and gone, their ministry continues on. And may we be a people of a church to live our life well, but leave such a legacy that our life continues on through the people we've ministered to. I thank God today, I, I say this humbly, but... God allowed my wife and I to give eight years of our life and a small church in Turlock. And the God did great things there. But I'm thankful today to see they had church today. And they heard the gospel today. And people were serving today. And people were involved. And I hope that church goes on forever. I'm thankful. And I'm glad they have a new pastor. And I'm thankful for what God's doing there. But may we also live our life in such a way that we're giving and implementing into others. I don't know how many of those dear people I sat down across from with a continued book. I think we discipled over 100 people there, maybe more. And we loved on them. We showed them. And many of you do the same thing here. There's something about imparting and giving of yourself and to others. It sticks with them. And may we be a church that invests in others. Even when you're dead and gone, your task is continually being taken care of by people you've invested in. And then last of all tonight, I want us to see the great witness of her resurrection. The great witness of her resurrection. The Bible says in verse number 38, after she's died, and forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. We see the great witness was given through the calling of Peter. The Bible says they diligently sought Peter two reasons. First of all, for his comfort. The Bible says in verse number 39, And then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood weeping, stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. It was interesting to me, as they brought Peter up, they showed him all these different things that she had done. They wanted to show him to Peter. Why? Well, Peter was an apostle, and perhaps Peter could do something about it. And of course, God had given them the ability to do some things that we do not have today, but he allowed 
Peter to do many things. And maybe that's why they brought him. But I think maybe they brought him more than just because he could do something. I think they knew that Peter truly cared. How many would say in your heart, you can tell when someone really cares about what you're going through? There's something about someone who can listen, someone who tries to help, someone who tries to aid. And we see the calling of Peter. They see through his comfort. And John 14, verse 16, of course, tells us that we will always have our great comforter with us. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I will not leave you comfortless, the Bible says. I will come to you. I'm thankful today that we have the great comforter with us all the time. Not only for his comfort, but for the circumstance of healing. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33:3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Luke 11, verse 9 says, And they say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. We see they called Peter, not just for his comfort, but because they thought maybe, just maybe, he could heal her, of course, through the power of God. But then we see not only the calling, but we see the compassion of Peter. They brought him in, they brought him up. He was willing to take the time, he was willing to come from Lydda. Perhaps he had heard of this great woman called Dorcas. We don't know why he came. Maybe he was moved by the Holy Ghost and maybe he just felt the need there, but he came. And because he came and because he listened to the Holy Spirit, God was going to use him to do some great things. And then we see the communion of Peter in verse 40. The Bible says, But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, turning him to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. I think it's interesting here what Peter does to bring healing to this woman. The Bible says in in verse number 40, Peter put them all forth. We see the solitude of Peter. Peter, of course, had seen Jesus Christ heal many people. He had watched what Jesus has done, perhaps in the case of the daughter of Jairus. In Matthew 6, 1, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Peter did not want any credit for this. He did not want any pat on the back for this. He didn't want to get any pride in his heart. He simply wanted to be a tool, a vessel that God could use. And so we see that he put everyone forth. He says, hey, everyone get out. We see the solitude. He will pray that Dorcas will be allowed to live again. The Bible says also the supply. Peter knew he could not do it on his own. He must do it in the power of Jesus. The Bible says he kneeled down. Matthew six thirteen. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hasn't the disciples learned from times past that they try to do it on their own, cast out things? And Jesus says, no, no, no. Ha, I'm the one who does that. I'm the one who heals. I'm the one that enables you and allows you. And Peter knows that. And here he comes in solitude, but in supply. He kneels down and he gets God's attention. We see the supplication of Peter. The Bible says he prays. In Matthew 6, verse 15, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What does Peter do? He gets everybody out. He doesn't want this to be about him. He doesn't want to get the pride. He doesn't want to get the pat on the back. He wants God to get all the glory. We see the supply. He knows he needs it from Jesus' help. He goes in supplication with God and he prays. And then we see, and sureness, the Bible says, and turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. 
We understand we cannot bring healing today. That was only available to the apostles for a short time. However, the Bible tells us several things we can do to ask God for his help. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It takes great faith for God to do miracles. But then the Bible says in James 5 verse 14, Is any sick among you? So what happens maybe if someone you love is sick or maybe someone that is going through cancer or maybe someone is bearing something, you run a help, you feel so helpless, what do you do? Well, James tells us, that, of course, the pastor of the church at Jerusalem, many believe, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We've done that so many times through the years and I know many years prior before I came here. Why do we do this? And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. I'm thankful today for a powerful God who answers prayer. And I want to encourage us today, nobody can do it, but we all can have faith, and we all can pray to a God who can. I'm thankful today for a God who's willing. Now, we do not know what God will do. His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher than ours. But we do know that you have not because you ask not. May I encourage us to continue to pray and to seek God's face. But we see here Peter, not only in his solitude, not only in his supply, not only his supplication and assurance, but we see in his service. The Bible says she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presenting her alive, we see that Jesus Christ, God, had enabled Peter to do the miraculous. And Tabitha rises. Well, what happens with all this? I mean, is it all about Peter? No, no, no. Is it all about Dorcas and Tabitha? No, 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 no. It's all about verse number 42. We see the changing of the community. The Bible says, and it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Aren't you thankful tonight that God is still in the miracle-making business? But anytime God does anything, it's all to bring glory to Him. I'm thankful tonight for a God who still wants to do miracles in your life and mine tonight. I'm thankful for a God who still wants to do great things in His church, on His earth. He wants to do great things through missionary lives. He wants to do great things in your life and mine. We must allow him to use us. I don't know if Dorcas in a million years would have ever thought that she would impact a whole community with Christ, for Christ. She probably thought that she could make some garments for some dear widows who were suffering. She probably thought that these dear people, I'm so sorry for them, they lost their husband to this awful area we live, this dangerous area we live, and what am I going to do? So maybe I'll start making some garments. Maybe I'll start encouraging them. Maybe I'll start making food for them. Maybe I'll start teaching them about Jesus Christ. Maybe I'll start working and, and loving on them, and, and maybe disciple a few, and maybe I'll impact a few people, but little did she know that through her death, God was going to change a whole community. I think tonight we all can sit in our pews and say, God, what can you do with my works? Uh, what can you do with my words? What can you do with my discipleship efforts? What can you do with my bus route? What can you do with my class? I, 
I have a, a third grade class, or maybe I have a teen class, or maybe I have an adult class, and I feel like I'm all thumbs sometimes. I feel so unequipped sometimes. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm just here, and I'm just willing, and God says, hey, just do what you can do and keep growing, and let me get involved. And when I get involved, hey, your feeble efforts in your mind will one day do great things for God. May I say today that Rachel, Nate Saint's sister, who passed away, Nate Saint and Jim Elliott, she continued the mission efforts to this tribe. And this resulted in many of these natives coming to Christ, including those very people who had killed Nate Saint and Jim Elliott. The story goes on that Nate Saint's older son, Steve, spent time as a child visiting his missionary family members and friends and getting to know this tribe who had killed his father. Steve was baptized by McKenye, who was the very man who killed his father, but later converted. And as of 2006, Steve Saint still works with these dear people and travels around the world preaching the gospel, often accompanied by Minkaye, the very man who killed his own father. So, does what we do for the cause of Christ matter? Oh, yeah. How big of an impact can I make? It doesn't matter about that. Peter wasn't trying to make a big splash. He was simply doing what God had for him to do that day. Dorcas wasn't trying to make a big splash. She was just simply to helping, trying to help someone. And I don't know how God will use you or how God will use me. You've heard my story. I was just a farm boy. I, I really thought that's all I would ever do. I fought the call of Christ and the call to preach years and years and years. I, did, I just wanted to be a simple farm boy. I, I didn't want to get in front of crowds. I, I didn't want to have to preach. I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to do all that. I just wanted to be quietly behind the scenes serving the Lord. But God says, no, I have something different for you, Justin. Get it in your head. I'm going to use you in an area that you don't think you can. And tonight, maybe there's a young man or a young lady that says, I, would, I can't do anything for God. I mean, I, I, I stutter. By the way, I stuttered. I still do sometimes. I'm sure you can tell. All right. uh, I, 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 I'm, there we go. All right. And uh, now I'm going to keep watching that. Okay, don't stutter, don't stutter. Okay. Uh, we've all struggled with things. But you know what? God says, hey, let me, let me take that. And let me take your work ethic. Let me take your faithfulness. Let me take your love for me. Let me take your love for my word. Let me take your love for my people. Let me take, take your love for the lost. And I'm going to put it all together. And I'm going to use you in a way that you could never imagine possible. I never in a million years would have thought I could be used of God to change someone's life. God's given me many stories to tell of men and women who were on a bad path and very doing awful things and, and hurting their communities, and now they're serving God. How does that happen? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's by the grace of God. And when you stay faithful, you keep your hand to the plow, you keep working, keep loving people, keep sewing garments maybe, uh, keep telling people about Jesus. Keep trying to disciple. Keep trying to love those kids and, 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 and put that lesson together that you wonder, did they really get it? Maybe it helped you more than them. And praise the Lord if it did. But just keep being faithful. Maybe 
you stayed up late and made that dish. That didn't turn out quite right for Sunday school, you know. But you made it. And you watched as people go over there and eat and say, wow, this food's pretty good. I think I'll stick in this class. And then they'll hear the teaching of God's word and it will start changing their life. Maybe you've changed a dirty diaper. I've changed some doozies with our four kids. I've not done it in a nursery, though. Maybe you run a vacuum cleaner and you think, who's ever going to notice? Oh, I promise you, if you don't do it, they'll notice. Maybe you've cleaned a toilet that smelled. Someone blew up, maybe, and they just left it. Toilet paper and everything. You say, that's gross. I know it is. But you, you cleaned it and no one ever knows. You sprayed and sprayed and sprayed and it's, man, that smells strong. Yeah, you should have been in here before, you know. Maybe you've mowed a lawn or maybe you've worked on a bus. I don't know what all of you've done, but I promise you this much. God says, let me take it and let me do something great. You know, I think we, when we get to heaven, we're going to look at all those great preachers and say, wow. No, we're not. God's going to show us men and women who are behind the scenes doing all the things no one ever thought about. And he's going to say, those are the real heroes. Because of what they did, those great preachers had someone to preach to. And I want to encourage you tonight to be like a Dorcas and just be a dedicated doer. And maybe God can use you to change your community for Christ. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. You're certainly a great God. Lord, tonight we can learn from Dorcas, Lord Tabitha, Lord, how we can better serve you. Lord, I have no doubt on a Sunday night crowd, most of these dear people have loved on someone today, have cared for someone today, have ministered to someone today, and maybe they thought that it really make a difference. But Lord, tonight we see a woman, little did she know, until she died, how much of a difference she made. And I can't imagine, I'm kind of jealous, Lord, how she was able to impact so many lives, pass, and then come back to the earth again, and then was able to see the outcome of her life. What an amazing gem that very rarely happens. Lord, may we understand that one day in heaven, we'll be able to cast those crowns at your feet, and we'll be able to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Maybe there are some, some men and women tonight that just need an encouragement. Or may they know that this pastor appreciates all they do. But maybe there are some men and women today that need challenged. Or they need to do more for you and they, you convicted them tonight. Or may they know there's a pastor that loves them and wants to help equip them. Lord, maybe there's someone tonight that does not know you as their personal savior. Maybe they're in need of a Savior, may they come to you. Lord, I pray you'll work in hearts like only you can tonight, and you'll use this message, Lord, this invitation time. We sure do love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can stand to your feet, the piano is going to play. May I encourage you tonight to respond to the Word of God as God's touched your heart. And may we be a dedicated doer. May God allow us to do more for the cause of Christ in the days and weeks and months ahead. May our life not be wasted. May we allow God to use us to do more for the cause of Christ. 
Maybe you'd like to fall Lord in baptism tonight, or maybe you'd like to join the church. We'd love to talk to you about that. If that is something God's laid on your heart, may I encourage you to come forward. We'd love to help you with that. Maybe you'd like to just make a decision. May I encourage you to just spend some time with God and prayer tonight as the piano plays. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love for the Lord. And uh, appreciate all you do. I mean that. I preach a message like this. I know how much effort and work it is. Even if you just have some children, getting them all here, uh, getting them all dressed up and all that, I know it's a lot. But I do know that that you're pleasing to the Lord. And the Lord will bless you for it. Let's go ahead and watch this uh, next video tonight. And then we'll be on our way. Join us as we celebrate the work of Christ being done around the world. We will be holding a special baptism Sunday in the 11 a.m. service next Sunday, October 15th. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but have not followed the Lord in baptism and would like to be baptized on this day, please sign up at the welcome desk. Invitation cards are also available at the welcome desk for you to invite your friends and family to come to your baptism. We are looking for a few volunteers to help keep our buildings clean. This would include vacuuming, dusting, bathrooms, and more. If you would consider helping on a monthly, weekly, or maybe just once, please see Mrs. Vestal or sign up at the welcome desk. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Okay, God bless you. Please know God loves you and this pastor loves you. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday. You are dismissed.